everybody, it is Brad from the Salvage Title Podcast, and I'm here to do yet another episode of the Salvage Title Car Buyer's Guide, where we talk about a segment of vehicles, we pick the top three choices, we pick a fourth option for flavor. Uh, these can be a lot of fun. These are subjective choices that I do make for each of these vehicles, so, uh, you know, there's not a lot of science to it. It's a lot of what I feel are the best choices. Um, in the midsize sedan segment, uh, I gotta be honest, this is one of my favorite segments of automobiles. Uh, this is where a lot of innovation comes. This is where a lot of interesting choices are made. This is still technically the sales leading design thing right now, kind of, sort of. Um, yeah, really difficult to pick just three. Uh, it's really difficult to pick four. It's even difficult to pick five and six. So in this episode, I'm going to cheat. We're going to talk about six different models that are arguably the best choices for your sedan dollars. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Like it's, I feel like there is a very obvious number one choice. And then it is just minuscule, tiny differences. Just imagine the sushi chef with that big ass blade just cutting the thinnest slices of fish. That's how close this segment is. That's how close you can come from making a really, 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 really good choice and then making one that's really, really, really good and then really, really good and then, you know, just down the thing. And it's it's crazy. It's crazy how good these cars are and it's crazy how good of a car you can get for less than $30,000. So with all that in mind, we're shooting for a target price of twenty-seven grand. Uh, some of the cars that I'm going to talk about aren't completely out and haven't officially been priced, but we can take a kind of a guess of where things are at. So... Without further ado, we're going to kind of start at the bottom and work our way up to the obvious first choice. Uh, I, based on other episodes of the show, I think you can guess what it is. But uh, yeah, we'll start at the bottom after the bump. So kicking things off at number six, we're going to talk about the Buick Regal Sportback. Um, this is the newest entry from Buick that is technically a European import from Opel before they were sold to the French as part of Peugeot and PSA and all that stuff. Um, this car was co-developed between uh, Opel in Germany, uh, Vauxhall in the UK, Holden in Australia, and Buick in the United States. Uh, they really designed this with a global appeal, and you can really tell with the way that the car is designed, both on the interior, the exterior, and uh, with a lot of the functionality that the car has. Uh, here in the US, it comes with a standard 2-liter turbocharged engine with a 9-speed automatic. It gets a little over 30 miles per gallon, just like many of the other sedans in this segment. It does have a very cool lift back feature. Um, it's basically the whole rear window and the trunk all lift up as one piece. Gives you a little bit more practical ways to stick things in there. Gives the rear passengers a little more headroom. Um, all in all, it's a very functional family sedan that comes at a pretty good price. Uh, these things start just over 25 grand, and with local and regional incentives, you can probably get one of these for just over 20 grand, if even that. Uh, that's a steal. Where things start to fall apart, is when it starts coming to standard features. Uh, this car just has power everything. Um, I don't even, actually, I shouldn't say power everything. It does not have a power front driver's seat until you get up to the next trim level, which starts somewhere around 28 grand. Uh, you get a seven inch touchscreen with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, power windows, power locks, you know, all of the traction control goodies, stability control goodies, you know, the things that you'd expect for a normal car these days are in there and nothing more. And that is where you start going, your money can go further. But I think you're kind of missing the point. 
for a car that's going to be very quiet, very comfortable, very fuel efficient, very just basic transportation. There's a lot of good things going for this, but I think your money can be spent better in other places. Um, you know, there's a reason why it's the outside choice. I like this car a lot. I really want this car to succeed. I wish that GM kept Opel to continue doing good engineering exercises like this. I hope they learned some really good lessons from this car. Um, yeah, this is a good car, guys. Um, it definitely deserves some attention. It definitely deserves a look. So, you know, don't forget to take a look at the Buick Regal Sportback. All right, number five is where things start getting really, really hard. And there are three cars that really could be interchanged between third and fifth. Um, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to say it. It's the Mazda 6. It really pains me to say that because the Mazda 6 is without a doubt the best looking car in this segment. On the interior, on the exterior, without a doubt, the best looking car. It is without a doubt the best car to drive. Mazda knows how to do chassis engineering. They know how to do steering input. Everything is going to be absolutely perfect with this car when it comes to what a driver wants. But where things start to fall apart is when it comes to pricing and content. Uh, Mazda, you know, they've really stepped up the game with, when it comes to design. Their Kodo design language is beautiful. I think they're on a new version now. Um, the redesign this year brings it much uh, more in line with where the CX-9 is. And the CX-9 is a beautiful SUV. Um, they finally added Android Auto and Apple CarPlay capability to the vehicles. Um, but they still use that weird floating dashboard thingamajig uh, with the little hand controls down in the center. Um, there's not a lot of buttons on the dash, and while that looks really good, it seems kind of counterintuitive to where a lot of other cars are at today. And yes, that is a very Mazda thing to do. So for about 25 grand, you can start off with the two and a half liter uh, sport trib model, um, stepping up just a little bit more, 27, 28 grand gets you some nicer features like radar cruise control and some more supple appointments in the interior. <coughs> Excuse me, but the problem that Mazda has is that nice features are locked away in much higher trims. This has been an ongoing complaint for me with Mazda. They do not offer a lot of what I feel should be standard things on lower priced cars. And while that does support your bottom line, it doesn't make people spend more money on the average transaction price of your vehicle. Um, you know, Mazda is really limited by what they can do. Uh, after they went independent, after the Ford uh, partnership broke up, uh, their margins on their cars went down from being pretty high to being very small. And uh, you're gonna pay a lot more for a Mazda. And subsequently, your depreciation rates may also be a lot more. And that's not a good combination. Um, you know, for building what they are calling near luxury cars, that is somewhere between a Toyota and a Lexus, uh, they're doing a great job. As an engineering company, they are amazing. They're incredible. They know how to do good things. But from a buyer's perspective, it might not always be the best choice, and that's really sad, and that's why I put it in fifth place, even though it pains me to do that. Would I buy this car? Absolutely. Would I buy this car over everything else? I'm not 100% sure, and that's why it's in fifth place. So the number four choice is, again, very difficult. Like I said, the difference between number three, number four, and number five is so minuscule that I think you could put any of those in any of the other positions and you'd be totally okay. I'm going to put the Hyundai Sonata here. And this, again, really pains me to say because I really, really love the Hyundai Sonata. Dollar for dollar, 
on every single level, the Hyundai Sonata is the smart car to buy. They offer you the greatest amount of appointments, trim features, content, all of it, warranty, it's there. Hyundai is the best choice, hands down, in that segment. Uh, you can get a pretty well-appointed Sonata Limited for under 27 grand. Uh, that includes leather seats. I believe they're heated and ventilated. I think you get wireless charging. You're getting 30 miles per gallon on the highway near enough. Uh, this is a really good car for the money. I really love the revamp that Hyundai did for the Sonata for 2018. Um, I believe the car initially came out in 2014, so yes, some of the pieces underneath it are getting a little bit old, but Hyundai has done just a fantastic job of keeping this car up to date and competitive with brand new vehicles like the new Camry and new Accord, and this car is just above any of its competitors when it comes to content. Um, you get a big-ass touchscreen that's Apple uh, CarPlay and Android Auto capable. Hyundai was the first car company to offer both in a dual-boot system. Uh, their standard infotainment system is just intuitive. It works. It's beautifully simplistic, and that's why I love it. Uh, the build quality is excellent for the price. I mean, there's so many good reasons to buy a Hyundai that you can't list them all in a single podcast. And you know, they don't pay me to say this. I like these cars a lot. They are without a doubt some of the best cars you can buy on the road today. And they're made in the United States. And that's really awesome. Um, so dollars to dollars, yeah, it's good. Where things kind of start falling apart is resale value. Um, Hyundai has gotten a lot better on that front. Um, so in my opinion, this is a kind of car that you'd want to lease. Maybe not buy unless you're planning on keeping it for more than 10 years. Um, but uh yeah, there's not a whole lot of complaints I can really levy against this car. And like I said, the difference between third, fourth, and fifth is just absolutely minimal. So change those around anywhere you want to go, and you'd be totally okay. So coming at number three, and it's a squeaker on this one, and it is the Toyota Camry. This one more comes down to how much I like the exterior styling of the car versus a lot of the other cars here. Yes, the Mazda 6 is beautiful. Yes, the Hyundai Sonata is objectively a good-looking car. The Toyota Camry is a subjective choice, and that really comes down to I like the aggressive styling that they've taken with this vehicle. I know it's designed to be some NASCAR, edgy, whatever, yada yada, sporty thing, uh, but it looks cool. It looks cool on the exterior. I think the new interior design language looks really good on Toyotas. Um, they've really stepped it up to really bring the fight to a lot of the other cars that are in the segment, and this is their reward. Third place in a contentious uh, lineup of vehicles. Um, they're still going to sell a bazillion of these, and a good part of that is because of the Safety Sense technology that they are making standard on all of their vehicles. So whether you're buying a Corolla or a RAV4 or a Sequoia or a Camry, uh, the Camry is going to have that you know, safety sense suite. It's going to have, you know, things like uh, pre-collision detection, uh, pedestrian prevention, collision stuff. Uh, you know, it's going to have blind spot monitoring. Uh, this car even comes with uh, radar cruise control, standard, on all versions of the car. That's pretty unheard of. And, you know, a lot of other brands are getting to that point, uh, but they're not quite there yet. Um, so good on you, Toyota, for offering some decent standard equipment. Now, where that standard equipment stuff starts to fall apart is when you start looking at the Entune system. Uh, Toyota does not offer Android Auto on any of their vehicles, and Apple CarPlay is only available on select models. The Camry, unfortunately, was released a year too early before it could get that kind of stuff. Um, according to Toyota, Apple CarPlay is the only secure option for them. 
it's a stupid choice to do this. Um, and it's a huge complaint for me. Um, this is where, again, I get into the third place to fifth place, pick and choose any order you want to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a, that's pretty much a deal breaker for me. Where things get really good, again, with the Toyota Camry, though, aside from the exterior, is that they still offer a V6. Uh, God bless you, Toyota. You've got this 300-whatever horsepower V6. You don't charge a lot extra for it. It doesn't give you a huge gasoline penalty. It's a cool engine. It's immediate response on the throttle. I love it so damn much, and I wish that turbochargers, you know, they're cool. They sound great. They do nice things, but a naturally aspirated V6 is still much appreciated, so... Toyota, props are going for the old school route. Props on the design department. That's why you're number three. Take it, love it, continue building good cars. But uh, yeah, fix the infotainment system. That's just the one thing holding you back here. So coming in at number two, it is the 2019 Nissan Altima, which a little unfair, it's not quite out yet, but there are very specific reasons why it's number two. Uh, you know, this is a car where Nissan needs to keep the money. They need to keep bringing in buyers. They need to have a leg up over Honda and Toyota and Hyundai and everybody else. And they did it by listening to their buyers in addition to buyers of other vehicles to determine what people want. This is going to be the first Altima that will have optional all-wheel drive made available. This is the first all-wheel drive sedan that Nissan's done in really as long as I can remember. And here in the U.S., I don't know if they've ever done that. So that's a huge step up. Two, they're going to offer autonomous uh, or level two autonomy uh, as standard equipment on the SV trim and above. So for less than 30 grand, you're going to get a semi-autonomous vehicle that can basically keep it, well, it does keep itself in its lane, follows the car ahead, can come to a complete stop, and really focuses on giving you a more relaxing long distance drive. So for commuters, this is going to be a huge boon for a lot of things uh, going forward. Number three, they finally updated their infotainment system to include Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. What a relief for me. Number four, the interior still has those beautiful, comfortable, magic foam seats uh, that I really, really love. Uh, number five, they changed the styling. It's actually a good-looking car. It's the good, best-looking Altima we've had since probably 2003, 2004, somewhere around there. Uh, and then uh, whatever numbers we're at. Uh, they tune this thing to handle, and that's going to be a good thing. Where that might fall apart is where Nissan tends to cut money, and that's on the wheels and tires. Uh, without a good set of rubber, uh, it's a chassis that uh, kind of flops around a bit. But with the right kind of equipment on it, I think this could be a really good driving vehicle. And uh, that's really exciting. There's a ton of content in this car for less than thirty grand, And if the previous model is any indication, a modestly equipped SV that will presumably have standard ProPilot Assist, uh, that's a hell of a deal, especially if you do a lot of commuting. I mean, you know, it's maybe not the most brilliant looking vehicle on the road. It's maybe doesn't make a great statement about you, but if you spend a lot of time in your car, you do a lot of commuting, it makes sense. Nissan, I think you've got a winner here. Uh, you know, as much as I wish you offered the all-wheel drive with your variable geometry, turbo, compression, blah, 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 engine, uh, this, this is a smart buy, guys, and that's why it's number two on this list. So there's only one car left, and it really shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. If you've listened to any of my other segments of the Salvage Shuttle Car Buyer's Guide, and it's, it's a Honda. It's the Honda Accord. 
Um, this new Accord is without a doubt one of the most sublime pieces of engineering that Honda has done. Uh, the Accord has been the model that has not missed a beat in any generation that I can think of. They have all been excellent and this one continues that trend. Now, is it the best option when it comes to content? No, I think you get more for your money with a Hyundai. Is it the best option when it comes to technology? No, I think the Nissan might be the better choice. Is it the best one to drive? No, the Mazda 6 is the best one in that regard. But where it wins is because it's good at everything. There is not a single category in which the Honda wouldn't be considered the first or second place choice. And, you know, that really speaks to the strength of Honda's engineering and design team. This is a good looking car. Let's like, start there. Like, I like the aggressive wedge look that the car has. It looks cool. Engineering wise, it's got a brilliant chassis that's tight and it handles well, but it also rides supple and it, you know, it bumps don't come crashing into the interior and that's a huge step that a lot of automakers miss out on. Engine wise, it's got a brilliant one and a half liter turbocharged engine from the Civic that's standard. It's got an optional two liter turbocharged engine that comes from the Honda Civic Type R that's also a brilliant engine. Um, you can still get a stick. That's amazing in a size car like this. Uh, Honda just knows what they're doing, and this is the prime example. This is the car. There's the reason why that it's been the best-rated midsize sedan for years and years and years. It's the reason why there's still a bazillion of these out on the road. It's the reason why this car will run quite literally forever. It's just the best option. And, you know, if it would be dollars to donuts, the one I would buy, you know, I can hem and haw with a couple of these. But I think for most people... This is the best one to recommend. Um, Honda, you did it again. You just keep coming in out on top in each of these segments. So, uh, yeah, congratulations. So you might be screaming into your tablet or cell phone or computer or headset or wherever you're listening to this podcast and saying, Brad, why did you talk about this car? Why did you talk about that car? Whatever. Uh, just keep in mind, guys, that these lists are entirely subjective. They are not objective. There is no scientific scoring on these things. Um, like I said, I like to think about uh, engineering design and execution when thinking about these and uh, there is a very clear reason why the Honda Accord is the number one choice and it is because it is maybe not the absolute best in all three categories but it has the best balance of all three of those things and that's why it is a smart choice for your money. Um, if you've got comments, questions, concerns, whatever, you can feel free to drop me a line here on Anchor at anchor.fm slash YSSMAN, or you can uh, hit me up on Twitter at YSSMAN. Uh, I like to talk about cars, so let's chit-chat about it. If you got some questions about what to get, uh, you can always follow back on a previous episodes of the Salvage Title Car Buyer's Guide. Uh, they're posted on iTunes, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, Google Play, uh, Linux-based systems, all of it. Uh, it's there. So, you know, check it out. Share it with your friends. If you know somebody who's looking at some of these segments, uh, put them towards these episodes. Maybe I can help them find something worth their attention. Uh, we do another version of this show called the Salvage Title Podcast, where we talk about car news, car culture, and car whatever. Uh, I try to publish those weekly. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Same thing with these. I don't do them on a regular basis, but uh, we need to do some more episodes of these. I did do a mid-sized truck one, uh, but there's been a lot of news about mid-sized trucks, so I scrapped that thing, and it's 
somewhere out in the ether. So maybe you listened to it at one point, or maybe you didn't. I don't know. But anyway, guys, uh, that is it for the salvage title, Mid-Size Car Buyer's Guide. Uh, I hope to see you next time when I talk about insert car subject here. Until next time, guys, have a great day, weekend, month, year.